0: welcome to the power 365 show where i interview staff at microsoft across the power platform and dynamics 365 technology stack i hope you'll find this podcast educational and inspire you to do more with this great technology now let's get on with the show Okay, today's guest is from Washington in the U.S. She's a principal product manager at Microsoft. She's passionate about delivering products and experiences that customers love. You can find out links to her bio and socials, etc. in the show notes for this episode. Welcome to the show, Kavishi. Thank
1: you, Mark. Thanks for having me.
0: Good to have you join us today. I always like to, to get a bit of background on my guests when they come on the show. So, uh, let's talk about everything that's not Microsoft related. Food, family, fun, what do they mean to you? And uh, what does your life look like outside of Microsoft?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I think I definitely enjoy having a good work life balance. Uh, my family is in India and based out of Delhi. And I moved to the US a few years back. And now I'm here in Seattle, which I love. It's a great city, especially if you like outdoors. Mm-hmm. So I especially enjoy kayaking, hiking from time to time. And I think Seattle has a good food scene as well. I particularly enjoy Thai food and Asian food. So I think Seattle has a lot of that to offer. And apart from that, I think if I'm not working and interacting with great customers, I'm usually just you know, enjoying some downtime with my friends, you know, catching up on some TV shows or exploring restaurants and places around town.
0: So good. And I, I've got to agree with you about Seattle. I've done uh, multiple food tours in the times I've been in Seattle. I love the foodie scene there. Um, and uh, of course, it is a massive outdoor type uh, location and part of the world. Tell me about your journey into uh, into technology, first of all, before you then went to Microsoft. What made you decide to take a career in 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 uh, software?
1: Yeah, so before I even came to US and started working in Microsoft, I did my computer science engineering back in India. And as a child, I think I was always curious about technology. I always liked science, and you know, I was always fascinated by technology. So. I started computer science engineering and I started my first job in SAP, again, a very well-known tech company, but as a software developer. And as I grew in that career path, I realized that I like to be involved in the business side of the product as well. I love working with customers, thinking about a business problem and owning it Mm end-to-end. And that's when I decided to pursue master's in business administration. So I came to US, I did my MBA in Carnegie Mellon. Mm -hmm. And then I just came to Microsoft four years back in Power Apps and have been in Power Apps since. And I thoroughly enjoy this side of the house. And I think working in Power Apps and in the technology space is pretty great. Yeah, it's fascinating. A lot of interesting problems to work on and a lot of great people to work with.
0: It must be fun working with a technology that you know has a lot of uh, runway. There's a lot of opportunity for it to expand and grow. It's it's kind of still really in only its infancy, and therefore there's so much opportunity.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. We're just getting started. I think there is so much that low-code platforms can do, right? Like, everybody in the world can benefit from the low-code platform, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Really, the opportunity is huge. So yeah, it's definitely a very exciting
0: space. I was reading an article the other day and it was talking about, um, and I forget who the author of the article was. It, um, it's remiss of me. If I remember, I'll put it in the show notes. But uh, he, was, he said back in, I think, 2011 that software companies were eating the world and basically that uh, software, all the money would move to software companies in time um, because they were innovative. You, know, you could create anything out of, from software and, and therefore... And But his most recent article has been low code is eating software and that the future will be hmm. more and more applications that can be built using low code to no code um, just because there's so many applications that need to be built. And, of course, the area of those application builds won't necessarily be with a big corporate company like, you know, what we have now. But the tools provided those by those big corporate companies would, of course, allow every business to start software development teams within them using low-code platforms like we have with the Power Platform and yeah. build out solutions for them. So that's exciting. Now, yeah. your specialty area is low-code, no-code, um, but particularly pay-as-you-go. Tell me, in your words, what, what is pay-as-you-go? How did it come about? And what were the issues that you're trying to address when you introduced pay-as-you-go?
1: Yeah, pay go is a really interesting space. So basically it's just a new way, a transformative way to pay for power apps and related power platform products. So pay go is basically a disruption in how you think about the SaaS products, right? It's really moving you from a user-based subscription model to a usage-based billing model mm-hmm. where you pay for what you use. You don't have any upfront cost. You don't need to spend any time negotiating with your license procurement team. You don't have to spend any time doing the lengthy setup, doing the calculations around how much licensing do I need? How do I procure that budget? So you don't have to go through any of those processes. There is no upfront cost or commitment. You just start using Power Apps and then you pay for the actual usage of the Power Apps in a post-paid fashion using Azure subscription. So this just changes the way you think about getting started with premium capabilities. Today, as we know from our customers, one of the biggest pain points, one of the biggest challenges to get started, right? Like justifying the cost of paying for the premium licenses. So pay-as-you-go really helps you get started without any of those hassles. You can just think about a business problem that you want to solve. You can start using Power Apps, and then you pay based on what you used. And after you have established the usage patterns month over month, and if you think now is the right time for you to go in in a big way and you know by per user or per app license is great based on the actual predicted demand you can make a much more informed decision or there are certain cases again which is another of the challenges that we're solving with this is the use cases where you have very occasional or seasonal demand or unpredictable demand for example an hr app or an expense app that is shared with the entire organization right everybody for example in microsoft needs to use this app but i'll only use that app once or twice a year mm. i'm not going to use it every month mm-hmm. but licensing the entire organization in advance for an app that will be used you know occasionally or during a particular season only or once or twice a year does not make sense and that just discourages you from then using power platforms for those needs but with pay as you go you don't have to worry about licensing about procurement you simply share the app with everybody, and just based on the usage of that app, you just pay postpaid using Azure subscription. So it really enables everybody to use Power Apps Premium.
0: I like it. I like it. I love the opportunities that it opens for customers.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And we are getting some good feedback from customers who've used it. So really excited for more and more customers to adopt it and see how it works out in their organizations.
0: Awesome. Awesome. It it totally makes sense. But what I'm keen to understand, you know, when I first heard about pay as you go, I thought, oh, this is like for dev and test where you're only going to use it for a certain period of time. Makes sense to use it over there. But the more I've thought about it, you know, where you have industries that are seasonal and they have a peak, uh, you know, Activity. Let's say, let's say it was a tourism industry. They have a peak time in summer where lots of activity and staff would use apps, and then the rest of the year there's nothing. You know, I have a brother that has a business, and in three months of the year, he makes all his income for the entire year because it's in hospitality, it is in the tourism kind of sector. So, is that the the primary use case for businesses that have? Uh, a few months of a lot of activity, and then the rest of the year they don't, so they don't want to own licenses for the whole year where nothing is happening and nobody is going to be using the apps in in that period of time.
2: That's right, Mark. Uh, Definitely seasonal apps and occasional apps is one of the top use cases. There are scenarios such as HR apps, right? expense app, for example. Mm -hmm. Entire organization needs access to an app. Right. But you'll only be using that app once or twice a year. And it doesn't make sense for customers to purchase licenses for the entire organization for such apps which need to be used once or twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Over the last two years during COVID, we also found a surge of such apps such as the COVID COVID check-in app or, you Mm -hmm. know, just return to work app. Again, it will be used by employees once or twice. But again, the entire organization needs access to an app. So there are certain apps that are just seasonal or occasional, which requires broad access, but the usage mm-hmm. is going to be limited. So pay-as-e-go beautifully enables those scenarios. But also, we enabled pay-as-e-go and rolled it out to enable frictionless way of getting started with Power Platform. Today, if Mm. somebody wants to use the premium capabilities, you need to procure licenses first for your users to get started. And as we know that procuring licenses in itself is a multi-month long process, it usually becomes the bottleneck, right? So we want to provide a frictionless way for customers to get started with Power Apps premium capability, use it for a few months, establish the usage patterns, and then based on those usage patterns, have a business justification to procure licenses. And then the conversation becomes pretty easy. So mm-hmm. again, in order to enable, of course, so pay-as-you-go enables those occasional and seasonal app scenarios, as well as mm-hmm. it provides you a frictionless way to get started with Power Platform.
0: Nice. So so under the current model with Power Apps, you have a, a, a per-user or per-app license, right? And and this is a third way of procuring licensing. Now, one of the things that you get under the old or the, the other two purchase methods is you get a certain amount of storage in the common data. Sorry, <laughs> look at that. I used an old term, common data sets. <laughs> in, in In the dataverse, right, you get a certain yeah. amount of gig of storage as part of that. How do you handle storage then under this type of scenario for the environment?
2: Yeah, yeah. So let's look at uh, behind the scenes working of PowerUps Pay-as-you-go. So mm-hmm. as soon as somebody enables PowerUps Pay-as-you-go, we enable two meters for you on your environment. So mm-hmm. basically, Pay-as-you-go works at an environment level. Right. And as soon as you opt into Pay-as-you-go, we enable powerups Per App Meter mm-hmm. and a Dataverse Pay-go Meter for you. Mm-hmm. And with pay you go you get 2 GB of dataverse capacity free in your environment each month. Right. Beyond that, you will have to pay for the overages. Again, mm-hmm. the good part about pay go is you get 2 GB dataverse data capacity free. And as mm-hmm. your data needs grow, as your data needs scale, you can easily use pay go and pay again for what you use. Uh, similarly, you get some power platform requests
0: mm-hmm. free.
2: Uh, with the pay-as-you-go meter and again as you go beyond those limits you again just pay for what you use Mm
0: -hmm. so so the other thing you talked about limits there and apis is another important component here how do you handle um uh like is there enough built-in api um um requests that that meet the customer's needs or is there potential for overage in that as well
2: yeah, so basically, as you know, last year, we announced a massive increase in the power platform request limits across mm-hmm. our licenses. So we do believe that our limits today, they should suffice for majority of the customer scenarios and nobody should need to go over But Mm -hmm. let's say in exceptional cases where your API limits needs are beyond what we provide, then Mm -hmm. we have a very marginal cost of per request per day that you pay for. The good thing about pay environment is there's no throttling, right? Mm -mm -mm -mm. Our limits are good enough to make sure that most of the scenarios are covered, but in cases you do go beyond, you're not throttled, your experience is not limited, you can still go beyond in those exceptional cases and you just pay for again what you use.
0: I like it. I like it. So it really does allow for that elastic scale when it's most needed.
2: Yes, exactly. And if uh, people are interested in understanding the pricing, then on the Power Apps pricing page, all of these Mm -hmm. details are listed.
0: Is there a calculator available on, uh, if you like, a, Mm -hmm. a, a, like a, a flow diagram or a procedure around what's the best license for me? Now there's There's, I say there's three options, but I always find that um, there's really four options because we've also got to consider Power Pages because often, like if you look at the, the, you know, the COVID app situation, there was often, you know, in the projects I was associated with, there was often also a portal component, right, where you have the public engaging in with, with the health agency or government agency in that respect, so... Do you see this type of thing being part of um, Power Pages, formerly Power Apps Portal, um, in time?
2: Yes, absolutely, 100%. So right now, even with the Power Apps pay-as-you-go meter, you get Mm -hmm. access to one app or one portal, Mm -hmm. but... This is for just internal authenticated portal. But in future, we do expect uh, PSU Go to roll out for other power products as well, including power pages. We don't have a date or roadmap for it yet. But this Mm -hmm. is something that we are very much thinking about. And to your previous question about, you know, how does somebody decide? So Mm -hmm. basically, you know, if I have to explain the three plans. So Power Apps today has a per app plan. So per app Mm -hmm. plan is suitable For users who are running an app or two in an environment, right? Per Mm -hmm. app provides you access to one app per user per month. So it's great for when you have one or two apps used by users in an environment context, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where it makes most economic sense as well. Uh, Per user plan today is for scale adoption. It's mainly useful when users are accessing multiple apps across environments, right? So with yep. per user license, you can use as many apps as you want across environments at a fixed rate per month. Mm-hmm. Pay as you go provides you the best of both the worlds. So it's the flexibility where you are still paying for per app per user per month, but you're only paying for the number of active users. So mm-hmm. basically, it's possible that your app in an environment has access to 100 users, But if only 10 users end up using an app in a month, then you're only paying for those 10 users. So it is great in scenarios where the users who are using the app per month changes, right? In this month, you Mm -hmm. think that only five users will use an app. In the next month, you think that 20 users will use the app. So when the demand is unpredictable, pay-as-you-go is great because then you're not licensing all the users and you're only paying for what you use. Also, in cases where the users who will be using the app, they are different. Even if five users are using every month, it's possible that those five users that are using are different users. Again, pay-as-you-go is great because you're only paying for the units used. You're not paying for which user used the app. So again, pay-as-you-go is great when you have unpredictable demand, seasonal or occasional use cases. Oh. or when you are just starting out with power apps and you want to establish the usage patterns before you decide how many licenses be it per app or per user do i even need to buy right, right. so to right. establish that usage pattern we would recommend using pay as you go
0: so we we you've used the term a few times uh, at the envi- at the environment level so i'm taking if we want a mix and match scenario where we might use all three license types, we can do it at a tenant level, but the different license types would apply specifically to a, at an environment level. Is that correct? Oh,
2: partially, yes and no. Okay. so basically, oh, yeah, so basically, you're correct in the sense that at an environment level, you cannot use per app licenses for some apps and pay mm-hmm. as you go for some apps. Mm-hmm. So basically, what you do, how this works is, you have an environment, and you go connect that environment with an Azure subscription. So Mm -hmm. pay-as-you-go basically allows you to pay via Azure subscription in a post-paid fashion, right? So you Mm -hmm. connect your environment Mm -hmm. to an Azure subscription. So all the apps within that environment are now charged against an Azure subscription. Even Mm -hmm. if you have per-app licenses available at the environment, those are not Mm -hmm. used. However, if you have per-user licenses already, let's say I'm a user Mm who is using an app in a pay-as-you-go environment, and i already have a per user license then i'm not charged because i already right. have a per user license so i'm not charged again with azure subscription mm-hmm. so i'm excluded so basically you can have both per user licenses and pay as you go exist simultaneously in an environment but you cannot use per app licenses and pay as you go mix and match in a single Correct.
0: environment okay okay that's that's a very important um, clarification I like it I like it when we talk about billing cycles is a billing cycle from when you sign up with that as a subscription as in for this particular workload or is it on a calendar month yeah as so like, when's your rollover for that you know because you're obviously the true up happens at the end of the cycle it's not actually a true up you get charged after the end of the period right
2: yeah, Mark, I'll have to check on that. I think it's calendar year, but I'm yeah, i
0: forget. Yeah, okay, think. okay, that, that's all right. We, in fact, yeah. if you just want to flick that to me and we'll ch- put it in the show notes or reference a doc article, um, yeah. and, and, and then we can clarify that point. Yeah, that's yeah. good, that's good. Yeah, well, I think I tell- it's
2: based on the Azure subscription cycle, but I'll check exactly. I think it's monthly, yeah. not based on when you started, but I'll check and get back to you
0: yeah i just noticed with a lot of my subscriptions it's often the renewal date of the subscription and this is more an m365 is of you know if i signed up on the 10th of the month my renewal is the 10th of next month but it'd just be interesting to see with this whether it runs to a calendar month or whether it runs to from whatever day i made my first purchase
2: yeah i think it's the calendar month but let me check and get
0: back to you I'm forgetting. That's all good, that's all good. So, so so what what else do people need to know about Pay as you go?
2: So, Pay as you go again, right? Like we discussed a lot about Pay as you go about the scenarios. One thing you should know that Pay as you go is extremely easy to use, extremely easy to set up. There is mm-hmm. no upfront cost or no commitment required. You can set it up anytime, you can disable it anytime. So Mm -hmm. I would recommend everybody to give it a try. All you need is an active Azure subscription from within the Power Apps experience or Power Platform Admin Center. You can, in a couple of steps, just connect your environment to an Azure subscription. And just like that, in a couple of steps, your environment becomes a pay-as-you-go environment. And again, there are no upfront costs, no commitments, so you can cancel the subscription anytime. You can disconnect your environment anytime and you won't
0: be charged any further. I like it. Is there any other resources that you feel people should go and read to upskill in this area?
2: Yes, so we have a very extensive, very detailed documentation available on the Microsoft Doc site. So you can just type in PowerApps pay-as-you-go and that documentation in very detail explains what, how these meters work, how are you mm-hmm. charged, how do you set up pay-as-you-go, how you disconnect pay-as-you-go. So I highly recommend going through that documentation.
0: Awesome. We will make sure we put that all in the show notes. Um, Kavishi, thank you so much for coming on the show. No, thank you for having me. This was great. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the mz 365 guy. If there's a guest you'd like to see on the show from Microsoft, please message me on LinkedIn. If you want to be a supporter of the show, please check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365guy. How will you create on the Power Platform today? Ciao.